football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, and happy new year and time for lots and lots of postseason football and underdogs. It is the only digital radio show devoted to the underdogs. We've got one college game of consequence remaining. It's the college football playoff championship game. We've got four, count them, four wildcard weekend NFL playoff games. Where are the underdogs coming? Time to find out. I am your somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. I shouldn't say somewhat capable. I was three for three a week ago. Thank you very much, Florida State. Thank you very much. Uh, for the Clemson Tigers and the outright win. Thank you very much for the New York football Giants and the outright win. So I'm happy with three successful underdogs last week for the second time this season on Three Dog Thursday. And now he is Kevin Rogers, our senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com. You were two for three with the narrow miss with Washington hanging in, getting the 14 points, eventually losing by 17 to Alabama. But you did get Florida State. You did get the New Orleans Saints on the final regular season weekend for a backdoor cover. So Happy New Year to you, and we start 2017 on a bit of a, a roll here on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, the Saints obviously was lucky. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. They got a touchdown, onside kick, another touchdown. Uh, I was actually at the Orange Bowl last Friday night with FSU in Michigan, and you know FSU was covering the entire time. It just got a little dicey at the end if they were not going to win the game straight up. But uh, luckily they had that awkward kickoff return that they took into uh, Michigan territory, and then uh, Francois led them down the field, and Dalvin Cook had a great sure. game. But uh, it was still a nice win for them. And the Big Ten, obviously, a uh, bit of a clunker during the bowl season. A bit. But uh, a like bit. you said, now we're sure. down to one. Sure. Now we're down to one game left, and uh, then college, we can uh, close the book on it. I want to get to the playoff games of Saturday, but back to that Orange Bowl. As I like to joke, there was more drama than a month of General Hospital at the end of that game with Michigan taking the lead, the kickoff return. Then, the, then Kevin, the blocked extra point while up three, Florida State needs an extra point to go up four where they can't be tied with a field goal. Blocked extra point returned all the way the other way for two. Now a field goal wins it. I mean, you almost had an entire game in the final five minutes of that Orange Bowl craziness on Friday night. Yeah, and what's funny is the first few quarters were pretty boring. Um, and also, FSU should have never been that close with them. Francois had a bad throw. We got picked off and taken back for a touchdown. Uh, they had a, a punt early on. Michigan punted away in FSU for some. I don't get this. This is a college thing, not an NFL thing. Why these guys try to? Why these guys try to return or catch the punt inside the five? Just let it go. I understand why. And then they fumble it, and Michigan recovered on the one. I think they got a field goal out of that. But it's just kind of like, what are you guys thinking? You know. So sure. FSU kind of kept them in the game a little bit there. But you know, you end up having two fantastic games involving Big Ten teams that lost in the end with the Orange Bowl and with the Rose Bowl with USC and Penn State. And those games totally destroyed as far as uh, just uh, you know an excitement level, the two playoff games, which were not very exciting. Well, that's true, and that segues uh, into Alabama over Washington and Clemson with a destruction of Ohio State. Let's start with the Tide and the Huskies. Look, the Huskies got an early touchdown, had the early lead, 
but Alabama is just so good defensively. They wear on you. Uh, they wore them down with attrition. Give me your thoughts on that game first, and then I want to get into the whole Lane Kiffin thing and running the ball and how that translates into the championship game. But give me your thoughts on Alabama winning 24-7. I mean, obviously a lot of people w- would dog Washington because they would say, oh, they don't belong there. Alabama beat everybody this year. I mean, it's, I mean the only team that really gave them problems was Ole Miss you know, back in September. But, you know, it didn't matter who Alabama was going to play. They were going to beat them. And we had talked about Jake Browning, the quarterback of Washington. That's probably the best quarterback they had faced, and even he got humbled by that Alabama defense. I don't think it had anything to do with them traveling cross-country or an early game. Alabama's better than them. But that doesn't mean Washington's not a good team. You know, I mean, you can look at, you know, you look at the NFL playoffs and you can say, oh, so-and-so lose to so-and-so. Does that mean they're not good? No, it just means the other team is better. And for Alabama, you know, they were able to withstand that early touchdown by Washington and then be fine after that. And that's why they're the best. But we had talked about it, it feels like a common theme all year in the Pac-12 that it was such an upside-down year for the conference that Oregon was down, UCLA wasn't good, USC got off to a bad start, and you had Colorado, Washington, Washington State, Utah all being upper-tier teams. I know Utah's been good the last few years, but teams that had never seen success, at least recently, in this conference now having success, so people think of that as, well, maybe they're not that good. Well, why can't you just have turnover? You know, why can't it be you have these other schools that maybe aren't as good that can get good as opposed to the SEC where, heaven forbid, if Vanderbilt ever gets good or Kentucky gets good, the world's going to end, you know? So it's just like that's where people go. And, you know, then, you know, I know we're going to talk about Ohio State in a second, but, you know, at least Washington won their conference. Ohio State didn't win their side of the conference. Right. Does that mean they didn't deserve to be there? No. I mean, if they lost that game to Clemson 17-14, is it a difference? Like, they didn't play well. It's it's a hard thing. It's hard to just pluck out four teams, put them in. Alabama by far is the best team, and we see Clemson's probably the second best team. But after that, who's the third best team? We don't really know. Would it have been better with Penn State there or Michigan? I or, don't know. Or, like, hey, after we, saw, after we saw the Sugar Bowl, how about Oklahoma maybe had a case with two losses as well? Uh, you could make some arguments all kinds of different ways. And, and as you said with the qualifier, Alabama's just in a different category. Where do you come down, Kevin? Because I've, I've put some strong uh, feelings out there in other places on digital radio and interviews about the Lane Kiffin situation. Uh, and, and let's not mistake in this. Again, I, I have a source, uh, let's just say, inside of what's going on in Alabama. He was fired. He was told by, by Nick Saban, you're leaving. You're not the offensive coordinator anymore. However that Lane Kiffin wants to try to spin or portray that it was a mutual decision and they talked about it for a while, Saban saw what a mess it was in preparation for that Washington game and the play calling was on Saturday and realized his, his head is not here. His head is mostly at Florida Atlantic or on Mars or somewhere else. And so they make that move. What did you make of the play call? I mean, it seemed so uh, obvious. Just keep giving the ball to Bo Scarborough early in the game, yet Kiffin didn't do it. What do you make of all that and now the decision that he's not going to be there calling the plays? Kiffin. Well, this goes back to just rewind for a second. When we see these head coaches leave for other jobs, okay, that they just leave, they're gone. Okay, I understand because you're ready to pursue that next job. Why in this situation, you know, we saw last year with Kirby Smart that he stayed on before he went to Georgia. And That's we saw right. how Clemson did a pretty good job scoring on Alabama. You know, did that have anything to do with it or not? We don't know. But 
it's very difficult to keep these coaches on when they have focuses where they have a focus elsewhere to go to their other job. So I understand that point. Why isn't this guy just leave right after he accepts the job instead of coaching in a bowl game and trying to do two things at once? Now, I would feel differently or at least look at the situation differently if Nick Saban outright fired Lane Kiffin before this game and Lane had no other job. You'd say, whoa, there's controversy. But (laughs) here... He's got another job to go to, so he's kind of like, what do I care? You know, I'm gone. You're going to Sarkeesian as your guy now. What do I care? That I can just move on from you? And it seemed like the relationship was pretty icy the whole time that he was there, and he was just using this to get another head coaching job. And he's using the FAU job for another job, probably. And that's kind of the way that, that he is. But I don't, I don't really look at it as, as a huge deal simply because – it seemed like Nick was – they were never on the same page, but also the guy got another job anyway, so you can call it a firing or whatever, but he still left to go take something else. Yep, he did, and so Alabama wins that game. And then I don't think anybody, not even the most staunch Clemson fan, not only da- not, not even Dabo Sweeney's family members, thought 31 nothing over Ohio State. Um, I-, I had Clemson in that game. I thought they had a great chance to win that game. I did not believe shut out 31 Nothing. What What is your analysis on why that was so one-sided, Kevin Rogers? I mean, we know all year that Clemson is excellent defensively. Like, that, that's no surprise to anybody. And, you know, maybe Ohio State, you know, for the exception of probably that Oklahoma game, did they really explode this year? Do they have any of those? I think it was the Nebraska game that they, they really exploded. But besides that, you know, are, are they living off of, you know, are they living off the past a little bit or the past few seasons? And now, you know, it all kind of comes to fruition where the Big Ten had problems in the bowls where, number one, I'll say that I don't – I hate lumping these teams all together and say, oh, the Big Ten was a disappointment or the ACC is great. Why can't it just be Florida State beat Michigan? Why can't it just be USC beat Penn State? Why does it have to be, oh, maybe the Big Ten's not as good as we thought they were? You know, because of these random games you're playing, these random exhibition games that are being played. Obviously, this was this game wasn't an exhibition. This game meant something. But you know, Clemson's a really good team, and Ohio State maybe they didn't run into that kind of team this year. Maybe Oklahoma's not as good defensively, so Ohio State was able to put up points on them. On that, and I on that Cle- point, let's stop on that point. Clearly, Clemson's front four, if not the front seven dominated Ohio State to the point that JT Baird and, and company could not do anything in that game. That that was obvious. That was a huge key in this game. I mean, uh, Ohio State went to the fourth quarter with six first downs, two of 11 on third down going into the fourth quarter, had something like 30 yards rushing going into the fourth quarter. That's Clemson's defense, Kevin, to your point. Oh, and they were great all year, and I don't have a problem with teams that get to this point dodging bullets. You know, they came back at Florida State. They had the NC State game, and NC State had the field goal yep. at the end. I mean, hell, they, they, could have, uh, they could have been Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, that Pittsburgh game, you know, they didn't, they didn't get destroyed by Pittsburgh. They lost that game at the end. On a last-second so field goal, they could yes. have, yeah. Right, so they could have been under. You could go either way, but this is college football today. You're not going to dominate everybody. You're going to have close games, and Clemson had a few close games, and you know, I think the biggest credit to Clemson, as opposed to like in Alabama, maybe because the expectations are, are so high in Alabama, that Clemson made it to the national championship, and everybody was pretty much expecting, okay, Clemson's going to go down this year. That they're, you know, they went to the championship, 
they had to lead in the championship and they lost. Maybe they're not going to come back. But for them to do what they've done so far is extremely impressive, is to get back to the national championship where, you know, they come from a conference that a lot of people maybe don't, don't they, they don't put in, in the SEC's category. Everyone propped up the Big Ten this year, even though I talked about, you know, we shouldn't lump all these teams together, but it's, it's just being done. But the ACC, I mean, you look at Clemson, Florida State was a few plays away from maybe being in the Final Four. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech still had a nice season. Louisville melted down towards the end, and they had the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, you have a lot of these teams. North Carolina had a really good season again. You have quality teams, and we just happen to break them up by these conferences right. and not give them the credit that's due to them. Even Miami had a really good bowl win against West Virginia. So, you know, Clemson deserves to be here. And they had a, a resounding win, and now they get shot number two with Alabama. And look, they began the year winning at Auburn. That's an SEC team, by the way. They win at Florida State later on in the year. They beat Ohio State on a neutral field. They are obviously legit. They belong. So that leads us, as it is Three Dog Thursday, that's the voice of Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. With me, I'm TJ Reeves. That leads us to the championship game, which will be played Monday night, coming off of the weekend before we get back in here. Clemson is the underdog. Do either one of us want the Tigers in the six and a half points in the rematch game with Alabama? Remember, it was a close game a year ago. Uh, Alabama scored a couple of times late, and then Clemson scored at the very end of the game to end up having a backdoor cover. Alabama wins the title. Do you want Clemson on Three Dog Thursday? I'll let you go first. What about it in the championship game? Yeah, I'll take a shot with them. I mean, they obviously have confidence they could play with Alabama after what happened last year. Each team has got short travel going to Tampa, so you don't have to worry about anything about being thrown off that uh, that's obviously very good for both of these teams. That And there's really, I guess, no bit. I mean, Alabama feels like we'll always have a home field advantage, but for both teams, you're not going very far. Uh, and, I mean, for Deshaun Watson, as long as he doesn't make mistakes and the defense can do what they do, that I think that Clemson can hang. And we always talk about how, you know, you don't take underdogs unless you really think they can win, unless they're like a really huge underdog. But if they're, you know, within like 10 points or so, you, ha- you think they can win. And the points are just extra. And with Clemson, I just think the second time around, you know, they've probably been preparing for this for a year, even though all of us didn't believe in them. But I think they they know that they can hang with them and that if they can just, you know, not make a few mistakes or make a few more plays, then they could beat Alabama. So I'd say in this one, I know we only have one choice for college, but I take the points with Clemson. And I like this Clemson team, too. I was very impressed by the defense. And Nick Saban's defenses have had problems with mobile quarterbacks year after year. I know this is a new defense led by Jonathan Allen and uh, a pretty good secondary, although they've had a couple of injuries to that secondary. Uh, you can you can go back to, uh, in recent times, Nick Marshall at Auburn bothering them. Cardell Jones in the college football playoff game ran for first downs, eluded the rush. Uh, they had Ezekiel Elliott running it, but he was a mobile quarterback that bothered them. Cam Newton bothered them. Uh, you can just, uh, Deshaun Watson in the championship game last year played fantastic, uh, eluding the rush, picking up first downs with his feet, being able to throw downfield after being under pressure. I think Clemson hangs in. I think Clemson's got a great chance to win this game. Uh, Alabama will likely win by like a field goal. I think something like 34-31. 
uh, 37-34. I can, I can totally see both teams in the 30s and Alabama barely winning or maybe even Clemson finding a way this time with Deshaun Watson to win uh, in this one. So I'm, going, I'm with you. I am going to take the Clemson Tigers in the college football playoffs for Three Dog Thursday on, on Monday night's game at six and a half points. Give me the Tigers as well. So uh, we both were successful last week. Take it for what it's worth. We both like Clemson in the championship game this week. Kevin, stand by. That means we've got a buffet of NFL wildcard playoff games in front of us. Each of us now have to take two underdogs. Where are they coming? Find out as we continue on Three Dog Thursday. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reed. Back in postseason edition, Three Dog Thursday. Happy New Year again, everybody. 2017. Got to get used to that. More underdogs. Uh, we're whittling down in football on this edition with one last uh, college football playoff championship game. But we do have four NFL games this weekend. We'll have four more next weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs. I'm T.J. Reeves. I am uh, thrilled to be joined once again by Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. Does a great job with that website. I'll tell you more about that site in a little bit. Uh, and, Kevin, I'm excited to be covering that college football playoff championship game on TuneIn. Look for me on uh, TuneIn Radio from Radio Row for the Clemson-Alabama game. You and I have both taken the Tigers and the points for Three Dog Thursday reasons. This is going to be something else uh, for this championship game rematch that's going to be coming up. Absolutely, and at least you don't have to get a hotel, which is nice. That's true. I'm right here in the Tampa Bay area, and I will be joined by probably tens of thousands of my closest friends from Alabama and from South Carolina because they're going to empty both of those states out on Sunday, Sunday night, Monday. Because, I mean, realistically, it's about an eight- or nine-hour drive for both. You could get up Monday morning and drive here and try to get a ticket if you wanted to. Uh, Good luck finding a place to sleep after the game if that's what you were trying to do. So... Regionally speaking, it's a car ride for all of them. It should be mayhem. It's the third ever college football playoff championship game. And a year ago, it was Alabama nipping Clemson. We'll see what happens in uh, this go-around if Deshaun Watson and company get their revenge. Kevin and I believe it's going to be a close game. Let's move on to the pros and the NFL and how the playoffs uh, shook out. Uh, the, The wild card Saturday starts with the Oakland Raiders and the Houston Texans. All right, so uh, we already know now the Raiders have announced that Connor Cook, the rookie from Michigan State, will be the starter in this Saturday playoff game. No Derek Carr, obviously, Kevin Rogers' broken leg. No uh, Matt McGloin injured shoulder in the game last week with Denver where they were fighting to get the, uh, the division title and maybe the bye. They didn't get it. They lost to Denver and McGloin got hurt. We have Connor Cook on one side. We have Houston going back to Brock Osweiler. At the time we're talking, it's not clear whether Tom Savage would be available as a backup coming out of concussion protocol. Who is the third-string Texans quarterback? If it comes down to it, if Osweiler's terrible or he gets hurt, what's the, what's the story, Kevin? You got all the info. It would be Brandon Whedon, who <laughs> always finds a way to be on these teams when it, when it counts. Which I don't understand. Could we? I mean, could we? Could we? Could we have a second half of an NFL wild card game that comes down to Connor Cook of the Raiders against Brandon Whedon, third string quarterback of the Texans, for who advances in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. 
see, what I think is unfair is I see people saying this, and, and it's just wrong. With the NFL especially, when you see all these injuries, and, and there are teams that have been very fortunate that didn't have these kind of injuries. I mean, would you say the Patriots aren't a good team? I mean, we know the Patriots, you know, they can plug in anybody. But, you know, if Tom Brady was, was, had the same injury that Derek Carr suffered, that would, oh, well, the Patriots, you know, you're, you're talking all this crap about them, but they still deserve to be there. Like, Oakland deserves to be there. It's right. just unfortunate that their quarterback got hurt at the worst time, and I don't believe at all but when, I, when I read some people say, oh, well, Jack Del Rio should never had him in. Why not? It was still the third quarter of a, of a game. Like, when that do you they, pull a guy? Like, it's, just, it's a ridiculous needed, thing. That they needed to win is your point. They still needed yeah, was, to win like, at that point. You can't blame them. There, there's... There's absolutely no blame to be put there. It, it sucks that it happened, but Oakland should still be there. But what do you want from them? They're not. They don't have Jim Plunkett in reserve. <laughs> I mean, they don't have somebody there that can't they can plug right Rich, in because they have a quarterback. Can't go back to Rich Gannon, the former MVP, and he was the quarterback the last time they were in the playoffs. Are you passing on the Oakland Raiders and the three and a half points at Houston for Three Dog Thursday purposes? You going to pass on that? I, one? Have, I have no idea about this game. I mean, you have so many, so many factors. I mean, the only reason why I take the Raiders is just because Brock Osweiler's playing. That's the only reason why I take them. Okay, but you're not going to take them. I am going to take no. the Raiders. I think they're going to overcome here. They beat the Texans earlier in the year in Mexico City. City, and again, they're going to the third-string rookie quarterback, but they can run the ball. Khalil Mack, uh, outstanding pass-rushing linebacker, defensive end hybrid. I just I don't trust Houston's offense. They're, uh, they were ugly uh, down the stretch of the season, whether Savage or Osweiler was quarterbacking. They got, I know it's last year, they got destroyed in the playoff game by Kansas City last year. I think the Raiders win this game. And you want another underdog, three-dog Thursday uh, upset prediction, Bill O'Brien may not be the coach. From what I am hearing, reading, and seeing, uh, he's kind of rubbed everybody the wrong way in Houston and maybe looking for one of these other jobs. He is under contract, I believe, but still, I mean, O'Brien may be all the way out the door. Maybe they fire Bill O'Brien if they lose this playoff game. Uh, how wild would that be? I'll take the Raiders and the three and a half points for my second of three underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. So you passed on that one. So let's continue on the wild card weekend. Saturday night, Seattle Seahawks and the stumbling, bumbling Detroit Lions who get eight points. Do you dare go the way of the Lions in the Emerald City of Seattle, which is uh, it's a very difficult place to play? What do you think about Seahawks? Home game with the Lions in the wild card Saturday night, Kevin. I mean, you can look at this two ways with Detroit. That number one, they lost so many games, or they played so many close games that you say, all right, there's a lot of points here you could take with Detroit. But at the same time, I feel like Matthew Stafford hasn't been the same since that finger injury the last few weeks. He got shut down by the Giants, shut down by the Cowboys. They lost to the Packers, and just down the stretch, they're not playing well. And with Seattle, how great they've been at home. I know that over the years they've had some close games at home in the playoffs. They needed to come back against the Packers in overtime uh, in the NFC Championship a few years ago, and they needed a pick six against the Panthers a few years ago to cover that game. So I know that Seattle's not just like winning every game 45 nothing at home, but I mean it's a tough one for me to uh, to take. I mean to really be sold on. I understand where people are coming from with Detroit. You just got to hope that. This is a team that doesn't fall far behind because Detroit's fallen behind this year and been able to come back. You're not going to do that against this defense. So that's the only thing that concerns me. If they could take a lead and maybe sit on it, then they can be okay. But if they get down 
21 to 3, 21 to 7. I don't have much confidence I have in them coming back. Well, and the Lions obviously lost their way out of the NFC North, almost lost their way out of the playoffs. They ended up winning a tiebreaker against my Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 9 and 7, but they lost. Uh, what, four of their last six games, including, I believe, losing out the last three games and losing to the Packers. The Packers came from behind and beat them for the NFC North title and the home game themselves. Uh, again, tough place to play. Seattle's defense, not quite what it's been with injuries in the secondary. I, I you know, The Seahawks, I still like them. Again, it's an eight-point spread. Uh, we'll see. You're going to pass on the Lions. So let's get to Sunday. It is Three Dog Thursday. T.J. Reeves, Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. I have taken two underdogs. Uh, let's see. You passed on both of the Saturday underdogs. That means you're going to take both of the Sunday underdogs. So let's tee this up for you. Why do you like the Dolphins and the 10 points against the Steelers in what will be a frigid Pittsburgh game time temperature around 20 degrees Wind chill in the in the teens, maybe even in the lower uh, teens, around ten degrees with the wind and the cold. Why do you like the Dolphins to hang in with the Steelers? Even though the Dolphins are without Ryan Tannehill, they, they still haven't got, or actually, they they've gotten this amount of points one time. And this was back in Week One at Seattle, and yes, they had Tannehill playing in that game. But the defense stepped up against uh, the Seahawks, and they actually had a really good chance to win that game before the Seahawks scored a late touchdown. So the Dolphins getting that many points is just too hard to pass up. I mean, when you look at the the Steelers, at least over the years, playing at home, they lost to Baltimore back in 2014. They've had problems, uh, you know, early on in the playoffs. They, they have under Mike Tomlin. That was the last time that, that they played, uh, you know, the wild card. They lost to Tebow on the road. Right. So... I mean, there's just been these games where they don't play great in the wild card round under Tomlin. We know all the weapons that the Steelers have. But at the same time, you know, the Dolphins still beat the Steelers earlier this year. And, and it's this revenge spot where, yes, Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in that game. But Jay Ajayi rushed for over 200 yards for the Dolphins. Is that going to happen again? We don't know. But if they have to try to go to that place, then they will. But I just think that, you know, this is a lot of points for Pittsburgh to cover where, you know, the Steelers, they played well the last, you know, the last six, seven weeks or so. But, you know, for the Dolphins, yeah, they lost to the Patriots last week. Everyone loses to the Patriots. So I'm, I don't really find that as uh, that big of a deal. I think that, you know, the Dolphins still have some confidence here. And even though they probably won't win it, I think they'll hang around in this one. Well, and you mentioned Ajayi uh, had the big game in the previous meeting. I don't know how much it's worth from back in October, but I do know Pittsburgh's run defense is not very good, and Baltimore ran on them on Christmas Day against the first-team defense. Miami's got a puncher's chance. Don't know if Tannehill's even going to try to play at the time that we're talking. More than likely not. More than likely it's the veteran backup, Matt Moore, who hasn't been bad. I agree with you. Cold or not, I think Miami hangs in there and gives Pittsburgh problems, and I will take the 10 points with you. We've got about three minutes left in this show so that leaves the one final game. I've taken all three of my underdogs. That means you're taking the Giants at Lambeau Field. Why do you like Eli and company on the wild card weekend in the final playoff game Sunday afternoon late? Real quick. I just feel like with Aaron Rodgers that uh, he, he's been you know an up-and-down quarterback in the playoffs. In the underdog role, he's been someone to rely on. In the favorite role, I don't love him. And Eli has won a couple times over the Packers in the playoffs, and uh, especially a few years ago, they had a big blowout 
over Green Bay. Both teams are playing well at this point. But I just think with uh, with New York, they already lost at Lambeau once, getting seven. Now they're getting four and a half. I mean, how, I mean, the, the Giants, I guess, have improved that much, but yet the Packers have been playing better than they did earlier this year. So I like the Giants here, getting the points on Sunday. And again, the Giants' defense has been very opportunistic with the takeaways, uh, winning the games with the Lions and the Cowboys, and winning that last game with the Redskins on turnovers. And uh, Eli Manning will also turn it over some, too, as of late. Green Bay at home. We'll see how that one plays out on the wild card uh, weekend for Three Dog Thursday. All right, Kevin, they can find out much more about all that is going on uh, with the playoff weekend, the college football playoff, and everything else. Tell them more about VegasInsider.com real quick. All right, VegasInsider.com. We're coming down the stretch in the NFL. Obviously, college football is one game left. But still, besides that, you could catch up with all of our playoff predictions and pieces and now we're getting into college basketball with conference play which has started nba continues to roll on hockey continues to roll on you can find us all the time we're open 24 7 365 vegasinsider.com also you can follow us on twitter at twitvi check that out check out kevin on twitter at vi rogers you can follow this program on twitter at three dog thursday Find out more about the show at 3dogthursday.com. Again, Kevin and I agree Clemson in the Monday night championship game to cover. I still think Alabama wins. It's a close game, but I'll take the six and a half, and so will Kevin. Uh, Kevin and I agree on the Miami Dolphins getting 10 points at Pittsburgh. Again, I don't know that the Dolphins win the game, and Kevin's not saying that either, but I think they keep it close enough. Kevin will take the New York Giants. I will take the Oakland Raiders as my third underdog to advance on in the playoffs happy new year kevin rogers enjoy the wild card weekend and then the college football playoff championship game let's come back and do this for the divisional playoff round edition of three dog thursday next week sir all right happy new year and have fun at the football game yes it should be wild on monday night to be there in person again for the third edition of the college football playoff championship game that's it this is three dog thursday thanks for being with us enjoy the football this weekend bye